Hello, welcome to Finding Fantasy, for now, Tamara Pierce podcast. Join us as we go through most of Tamara Pierce's books. Eventually, we will move on to the other authors, but for now, here we are. I'm Carmen, here with my son, Sean, and his wife, Kenna. Let's get to this. Hello? Hello. Wow. Sean's here, too. Yeah. Okay. So we're not waiting on anybody else? Our second chapter is boring. I think it's after it was boring. Not a lot happened. <laughs> a shit ton happened in the first chapter. Alright, let's do this shit. Okay. Season 1, Episode 8. Chapter 1. The Woman Who Rides Like a Man. So, it's been four weeks since Alana killed Roger. And Alana and Coram are in the desert... And she's taking a bath in one of the, like, oasises. And then they get, she gets out, and they get attacked by hillmen. And hillmen apparently have no honor. And a giant hillman with a crystal blade attacks Alana. And uh, while they're fighting, Alana's sword lightning breaks. Which, like, makes her go berserk. Makes her really mad. She pulls out her axe and she goes to go after him. As she's going after him and calling him a coward, he like turns back at her and like goes to laugh at her. And as he's laughing, the vizier comes and he gets pelted with arrows and he dies. But she doesn't even get to kill the guy. Dang. And she like dismounts from her horse after all the kill bandits die. And she dismounts from her horse and she like sees a vision of a pole with a crazy man with crazy eyes and she smells wood smoke and then she comes out of that vision and she grabs a hold of her ember and she sees an orange magic haze around the crystal blade the, uh, which is the color of Roger's magic and oh, then shit. like the bazir that had followed her when she had gotten off the horse and dismounted uh, was like that blade is evil, and leave it to the desert and, like, kicks dirt over it. Then she goes and she finds the rest of lightning, and she puts it in her scabber, and she goes and starts talking to the bazier. Uh, and Hela Scythe is the head man of the Bloody Hawk tribe, Bloody Hawk tribe. And the tribe starts arguing over whether or not they should kill Alana and Coram for trespassing. Alana's like, you know, uh, we're, are you going to like really threaten a knight of the king? And they're like, we don't have a king. So they're sitting there arguing and like, one of the guys, Gamal, tells Caleb Sife that Alana is the burning brightly one who killed the Isandir along with the knight one, which is John. Uh, and Hale Scythe asked Alana if this is true, and she was like, I mean, yeah, me and John kill, went to the Black City and killed the Isandir, and it was pretty hard. And one of the other guys, who happens to be the shaman, Aknam Ibn Nazir, uh, says she's a liar. Uh, and then they get invited back to the, the tents. And while they're 
waiting for their fate to be decided, I guess, which will be decided that evening at the dinner or after dinner or something like that. Um, these three, like, teenagers, like, young adults of the tribe, Ishak, Cora, and Karim, bring them refreshments, and they're, like, given a tent to rest in until later. And they, the three teens, like, make a comment how the shaman thinks that Alana will corrupt them. And Alana and Coram take a nap. And then Alana wakes up and she, like, steps outside and, like, Ishak, the, the boy, is like, oh, right now they're commuting with the voice and after that I'm going to take you guys to the fire where they're going to decide your fate. And they talk a little bit more about the shaman. Uh, she, Purim asked Ishak if Ishak believes that the that they'll corrupt him, and he says that Halasif says only the man who wishes to be corrupted will fall into evil ways. And then they go back into the tent and they get ready to go to the fire. And Faithful calls uh, Alana out. Uh, because the shaman is up to no good and he's like bringing his force like sneakily away from the camp a little bit. But then they go uh, to the campsite and they're all kind of talking a little bit and then the shaman shows back up and they talk about like uh, whether they should accept Alana and Coram and like uh, Halif lets every single man uh, talk about whether he believes they should or shouldn't and the shaman says that basically Alana is an unnatural woman and that there's the favor uh, one of the guys is like you know she fights like a woman let's give her trial by combat and if she wins then she can be part of the tribe and the shaman's like uh, favor to the gods to anybody who kills kills her, and she's like, if the favor to the gods is up for offer, why don't you do it yourself? And he's like, you mock our ways. And she's like, no, I mock a shaman who looks at the things that I own and calls for my death. Can you really say that uh, you don't want me to die because you covet the things that I own? And like, why he's like sputtering, like, uh. <laughs> Halif's life is like, well, he would get one-third of it. I would get one-third of it as the headman. He would get one-third of it as a shaman. And whoever is the one that kills you would get one-third of it. And Alana goes, yeah, that's what I thought. And then they vote. And uh, whether or not she can do trial by combat. And uh, it's an overwhelming yes. And that's the end of chapter one. What? It is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it took me forever to write it all out and then type it all up. I was like, are you kidding me? That's so much. <laughs> and the fact that it's only been like four weeks since she killed Roger. It's been four weeks since Roger's death. Yeah. And so like I, I didn't even write that the first time I read through it and then I listened to it and I was like, oh shit. It just said it's been four weeks. <laughs> so write that down or I'm going to forget. 
Normally, it feels like it's, like, a lot longer in between. Yeah. It's only been, like, a month. Yeah. She does say that she's really happy that she's, it's, like, much better temperatures than it doesn't. That's not so freezing. Yeah. She still hates the sand. Yes. They're calling her Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it gets everywhere. I really don't blame her. It gets everywhere. You're right. I think I still have sand in my car from our trip to Florida. (laughs) Yeah, that was what? Last summer? Yeah. Summer before that? And then chapter two, The Bloody Hawk. So the chapter starts out where she like accepts the challenge and is it Hakim? Hakim? I think it's Hakim. Hakim, yeah. He's the one that is going to fight for the tribe. Mm. And you know, she gets ready for this fight, Corm's prepping her and he's like, "All right, they fight to the death here, but she's like, I'm not going to kill anybody if I don't have to. I mean, she's still really sketched out from killing Roger, so. She's still pretty fucked up from actually killing him. Yeah. So they're fighting. Yeah, they fight for a little bit, and she ends up winning. She does, like, she just smacks him with her her dagger and was like, all right. And she, like, knocks him out with the pommel of her dagger. Smacks him and he just doesn't get up and they're like, all right, you can kill him if you want. Like, it's it's okay. She's like, no, I'm not going to kill him. <laughs> like, no, dude. He's knocked out. I won. That's all that yeah, like, happened. <laughs> yeah. But the shaman is still pretty, like, upset that she won. Um, but the head guy, who is it? What's his name? He looks like. What'd you say? He welcomes her into the tribe. They do a weird, like, blood magic ritual where he cuts her arm. And they're like, all right, we're blood bonded. But it's real magic, so it actually binds her to the tribe. It's not just like if we were to, like, slice our hands and be blood siblings. Like, they actually put a magic into it. And it freaks Quorum out, because Quorum has to do it, too, and he hates magic. I mean... Alana and fucking and her brother did some crazy shit to some of the people yeah. while they were growing up, so... Pretty scarred from that shit. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they do blood bond. They get that hepatitis. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Burpees and Slurpees. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's welcomed into the tribe. And, you know, they start telling stories of, like, their legends and, like, about the tribe. 
she goes to sleep, wakes up in the morning, and then the um the two girls that she encountered earlier are like asking her all these questions about like, oh, how are you a warrior? <laughs> and like, are all the women in the north like you? So she goes into her story of like, no, my brother and I switched places. And like all that stuff, like her backstory. And they're like, oh, well, we're outcasts. <laughs> because I didn't really say it said one of them was like a, a bed for evil. Or she bred evil or something. I don't know if it was this chapter or the next chapter, but they talked about how uh, how well, they are misfit. The yeah, why they're kind of outcast. It's basically because yeah, they have magic and stuff happens mm-hmm. when they get angry and stuff like that. But the really- shaman doesn't like. The shaman, instead of training them, just says they're evil. Yeah. And Halif Scythe won't allow the shaman to kick them completely out of the tribe. And then... She ends up getting, like, summoned. Because what the shaman's making a big deal again. So she goes to check it out. And he has grabbed the sword, like the crystal sword from in the desert that shattered her blade. Uh-huh. The whole time she's trying to figure out where she knows it from, other than, you know, that it just fucked her blade up. And that's when she realizes that it's the Duke of Rogers. His staff was like the same as the hilt of the sword. Yes. And so she's freaking out. And then the the main guy of the the head of the tribe was like, Oh I'll let me see the sword. But Alana's like, No. I have to touch it because it's got magic. And if you touch it and you don't have magic, it'll kill you. Yeah, and then Hela Scythe gets pissed off. He's like, did you know this? To the shaman. And the shaman's like, I would never. But he totally seems sus. I'd have killed you. He's like, well, if I was dead, you'd be next in line. Yeah, he's totally sus. Yeah. And then... They're like, oh, well, the voice of the tribe is going to come in seven days to visit with you, and he'll decide what your fate is. And the, the, like, the voice of the tribe is, is it Ali, I don't know how to say his last name. Ali Muktab. Muktab. Muktab, Ali Muktab. Um, <laughs> and he's the same guy that they met in the sunset room in the first book. Yes. 
and he's the one that was telling them about about the black city and like the history and all that and Jonathan had asked him for a written history of the Bazir. So when he meets with Alana again, he leaves her the six volumes of the book that he wrote out. And then basically tells her, I'm dying. <laughs> and Jonathan needs to be the next voice. And she's like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't planning on going to the castle again for a hot minute. It's only been a month. But he's like, it's important that he becomes the voice. And that's about it. Well, and she questions him. She's like, well, why is it important? And he's like, because I have, every voice is given a little bit of prophecy. And if Jonathan doesn't become the voice, the tribe is just going to continue to be resentful of the northern king, and eventually it's going to come to head again. And yeah. I have seen that if it comes to head again, y'all will wipe us the fuck out. But yeah. if the voice of the tribe is the next king, then we will integrate better. Yeah, that happens in chapter three. Oh, I don't know. I didn't yeah. know. They were arguing about that. Yeah, no, at the very end of the second one, he's like, all right, he's going to be the voice. He's like, the fuck? Yeah. Chapter three, uh, Bajir Shaman. Name. Anyway, uh, they basically argue or talk about why Jonathan has to be the next king. I mean, the voice. Uh, him becoming the voice of the tribes, he would be the king of the Bajir eventually. Uh-huh. So just the king of the north? Because you can't war against the voice. But you can it is war forbidden. It is forbidden. Forbidden! Uh, well, can you imagine if Jonathan becomes the voice of the tribes? Like... And then he becomes the king. Like, all of the years that he's king, every single night at sunset, he has to commune with the tribe. Oh, that's that's real rough. Because that's what the voice does. They talk about it earlier, about how every night they commune with the voice, and the voice knows, like, all of their innermost feelings and stuff like that. And he, he makes, every day, he makes decisions, like, that, uh, that if they can't, like, the headman and the shaman can't come together or whatever, or can't decide on whatever, the voice then makes the decision for them. Yeah, he's the tiebreaker for everything. Yeah. Well, but it's not just that. It's like, okay, say this person comes to them and they need whatever it is and they're fighting with somebody or whatever, right? And they go to the headman and the headman, you know, can't really decide. Well, the voice can literally see into every single person's soul and mind of the tribe. So they come to him with the problem and then he goes into those people's minds and we can be like, oh, that dude's just being a douchebag. We're going to do it this way. (laughs) But, I mean, could you imagine having to do that every single night? 
on top of all your regular kingly duties for the rest of the kingdom? No fucking... Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And so... Going and delivering, you know, the news to John that he needed to be the next voice and everything. Uh, she ends up sending Corum. Sends him a letter and all the histories that are written down. Of course, Corum's pissed off about it because he's leaving his little daughter in the middle of bumfuck Egypt and without protection. But I mean, with somebody who's trying to actively kill her. Yeah. <laughs> That's my child, bro. And then, um, hmm. uh, the shaman, leave it, Aknan Ibn Nazir. I don't know. Really. That's hard to say. Um, he tries to open the gate of Idram or Idram, Idram. Really hard to say. I think, I think that's right. And basically, like a little circle or ritual that brings in all the evil and good, like spirits or demons or whatever. If you don't uh, put in like restrictions, and he uh-huh. was just like on her freaking front porch, <laughs> like demon, and uh, the cat. Woke up Alana so she could put a stop to it. And uh, both the chief and the voice like run over to see what the commotion is because uh, they're all yelling and screaming at each other. And Alana's like, He just tried to open up a gate at Edram. They're like, Oh, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Go to your tent before I decide your punishment. The fuck? Like, the fuck you doing, bro? He's like, I'm trying to kill evil. She's corrupting the voice. And the voice is like, you were going to kill everybody. You were going to kill the entire bro. Um, and then uh, she tries to reforge lightning. She goes to the blacksmith. And uh, in the attempt to reforge lightning, it starts humming. And right before the blacksmith hits the it's lightning with the hammer to start reforging. She screams no stop and then it like cracks the anvil in half. Oh my. Damn. She gets to hear about the backstory for the three children at the blacksmith's house. Uh, basically the two girls are showing signs of magic. The boy also has magic and a little bit of control, but uh, the show just won't train him. He's mm. evil. He neglects their training. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an untrained person with magic, you could basically kill everybody in the area without even knowing. Yeah, like one bad dream. Wipe out the whole tent city. And then... uh some spies are caught by the vizier because it's kind of hard, hard to hide in the desert. There's no trees. Uh, and they're George's spies. And the chief's all pissed off because, you know, why would you 
instead of messengers. And then Alana's like, it, it, it's the king like of thieves. thieves. He like doesn't he, do messengers. He, kind of... he only does spies, all right? <laughs> Those are his messengers. Yeah, pretty much. 100%. Spies only. And so she convinces the chief to, you know, let him go, let him report back. And uh, the chief gives them a word. He's like, next set of spies that are sent are going to be missing an ear or whatever. Oh, George. Ears. Oh, maybe it wasn't an ear. <laughs> um, George's a good. neck. They, they, they'll go back dead, basically. Yeah. No, uh, slit nostrils. Not uh, missing ears or anything. Oh, oh okay. Not bad. I had to check real quick. I was like, oh, oh, split nostrils. I feel like that would suck. But like, uh, you know, eventually it'd heal back, right? It depends on how big the I mean, is. yeah, I, you think it would heal back, like, if they treated it properly. But this is like... They have magic. I mean, they have magic. So if they get to a healer fast enough, I don't think, I mean, there could be to where there's no scarring even. Right. Unless they literally cut off the whole nose. Okay. I don't know. They're going to cut off their nose to spite somebody else's face. So Alana goes back and uh, wants to go like talk to the shaman. Uh them to train the three uh, magelings, I'll call them, or outcasts, whatever you want to call them. Mm. And when she goes to her, the shit explodes. And she's like, if it were anybody else, they would have got hurt. What the fuck are you doing, guy? And then, like, the dude attacks her again with her. <laughs> and, well, she's a better mage than him. And so she sends the fire back at him and chases him out of the tent with it. Motherfucker. And she's like, well, yeah, because hey, he insulted her goddess. Yeah. He did insult the goddess. Uh, but she's like, you've attacked me twice without warning. You know, I I can take your life. Demand you, like, fight me right now. And there'd be no issue. He continues to attack her and actually brings up the crystal sword that has Roger's magic and stuff and like tries to with it. Oh my god, this guy. And, like at first she was worried because you know he was a writer, so he should have some sword skills, but then nah. she's like, nah, this guy's just swinging wildly and shit. He's... <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? And so eventually. During the fight, he starts drawing on his own life force to fuel his magic. And he basically kills himself trying to kill her. <laughs> yeah. She's like, dude, stop. You're using your life force. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. You're going to die. And he's, she's like, no, like, you're going to die, dude. <laughs> like, I'll be fine. And she was yeah. right. After the shaman dies, Alana's all tired and tuckered out. She's used a lot of magic and everything. She's getting ready to go back to her tent and she's having the little outcast, you know, help her. Uh, 
the le the leader of the tribe and the voice are like, no, 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 no. That's your new home and points at the shaman's place. <laughs> You're the shaman now. You're the shaman now. You know, you have to do this. Are you going to leave us defenseless without magic? She's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I didn't like, whatever, I'm tired. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all that happened in the three. That was more interesting. <laughs> No, but there, there was a lot that happened in those three chapters, though. Like, seriously. Yeah. And, like, it's a short amount of time. It's, like, maybe over a month's time span from the time the book starts till the end of this chapter. Yeah. And, like, she has gone from two months prior to that, she killed Roger. And then she became a freaking... The woman who rides like a man and part of the tribe to now the shaman of the tribe. <laughs> I feel like chapter two and chapter three are like the same day. Yeah. Or like within a week of each other. But I think they're within a week of each other because during chapter two, they talked about Ali Mutab coming and that was going to be in a week. Yeah. And then Ali Mutab came he was there one day and then uh, she sent Quorum to the city and then a week later she goes and tries to talk to the shaman and like kind of make peace with him and he attacks her and she kills him. I don't know. So it's like, like really fast. Or yeah. Really like, like I said, it's been like from the time she became a woman of the tribe or a man of the tribe because she's not a woman of the tribe or she'd be wearing a bow. So from the time she became a man of the tribe to the time she became a shaman is like maybe a month. Maybe. And the shaman's trying to fucking kill her. Yeah. Yeah. She should be used to that by now. And yeah, people are trying to kill her all, over, all the time. But yeah, no, that was pretty good, like, beginning. Like, this book came out of the gate, like, good. Yeah. Where the other ones were kind of, like, slow build-up. Like, the one prior to this, like, the whole first chapter was just her talking to the goddess. <laughs> like, nothing happening. And then, like, this one, it's like, bam, combat. Bam, combat again. Bam, combat again. <laughs> like, three chapters of combat. Bam. Alrighty, well, bye. Bye. So, thanks for joining us. If you would like to contact us, we're at FindingFantasyPod at gmail.com and at FindingFantasyPod on Insta and on the Facebook. We'll see you next time. Bye.